Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And remember, I'm only as hip as my guests. And I have to tell you, you know, I've been walking a lot lately because I want to stay in shape, you know, and I want to, you know, I'm getting older. I have to stay in shape. And I've noticed, you know, I've lived in Burbank for years and I never really walked that much, but the Burbank drivers suck. It's unbelievable. And Joanne noticed that when she moved out. People out here can't drive. Two times yesterday, one, I'm walking with the yeah, the white blinking light across so the guy has to stop to make a left some old lady starts honking at him and gives like starts yelling at me because I'm in a crosswalk and I'm like lady I, it's my right away and then I get to the next block and people don't pay attention someone tries to make a like a right and almost hits me so you know what Burbank drivers please be careful I grew up back east and you know people back there I mean, we, we, we would run across streets I never saw anyone get hit two people got hit and run in Glendale the other like two weeks ago and it's like just be careful because California is nice. I mean, I grew up in New Jersey. No one walks. The only people that walk, when I was visiting back there, are people who don't have cars or have DUIs. And that's the only way they can get around. <laughs> but out here, everybody walks. So please be careful. I don't want to get run over. Anyway, enough about me. We have a great guest. And we're going to talk. I don't know if the people walk in Oklahoma, but my guest is Wade Williams. How you doing, Wade? Hey, good. Good to, good to be here, Steve. Thanks, now, man. Now, you're from Tulsa, right? Well, I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. But I lived in Tulsa for about, God, I went to high school and college there. Now, where'd you go to college? Uh, University of Tulsa. Okay. Now, did you, you walked around campus, I bet, a lot. Oh, yeah. In Tulsa, you can walk. And but, the, the people... but it's kind of a freeway city like, uh, like Los Angeles. Okay. So people, but you could walk, so people wouldn't hit you. I can't believe it out here. People, I mean, I've lived in Burbank forever, and just recently, those people just can't drive. They almost hit you. Yeah, yeah. Well, in in Tulsa, in Oklahoma, people are very polite. So if, you, if you're just standing on the corner or even on the side of the road, people will stop and let you cross. See, that's the way it's supposed to be. So now, now you, you grew up in Oklahoma. Now, and I've, I've, I've done some research where you, you've acted for a long time. When did you know you, because I know you did a lot of stage and stuff like that. When did you know you wanted to start acting? I mean, was it when you were a little kid or older? I mean, how did, how did that whole path start? You know, I never really wanted to be an actor. Okay. I uh, just kind of found myself doing it in college. Um, I wanted to be a doctor, uh, and I went uh, to University of Tulsa and studied uh, pre-med for a couple of years. But at the same time I was going to, um, to uh, school, I was also working at St. John's Hospital in Tulsa as a surgical orderly. What, and, what does that entail? What were you doing? Well, you work in the surgical suites with the doctors and the nurses, but you don't do the surgery or anything. You right. you clean up, you go run errands, you bring patients in to the room, you get them on the operating table, you get them off the operating table, you you know hold a leg up while they're doing a prep, or you pull a hip out of joint while they're trying to redo a hip. Uh, it's a it's a physical labor job. Okay, um, but it was cool because I got to uh, I, you know it's one of my favorite jobs all all together because i got to help people so uh, that was great so you're doing that and then so wh why did you decide to go away from pre-med well um we're not going to medical school i know medical school it, it takes so long well i realized working at the hospital that if i wanted to be a doctor that's like i had to like really devote my life to that because i i worked to uh, double shift on the weekends both days to put myself through school and um I saw the doctors there all the time. They were there as much as I was, and I was there all the time. Right. I saw through school, and I thought, wow, how do you have a life? Uh, and I, I really respected them, and, uh, and, the, and the nurses, too. And uh, I thought, you know, I don't have the uh, the commitment uh, to do that. Not not to mention, you know, the smarts, because uh, it takes a lot of smarts to go to Well, I always school. say that, too. I always say, like, you know, I have friends who are lawyers who aren't that smart. I mean, if you're a lawyer, basically, you need to take student loans out or have parents' money. You don't really need to be smart. <laughs> but doctors, when you think about it, I mean, you have to be smart because, I mean, you have to look at a body and just be able to, I mean, it's, it's amazing how really brilliant doctors are. Oh, man. I mean, um, we, uh, we've been blessed to know a lot and have, um, with my work that I did there as an orderly, and also, too, uh, we have family friends that are doctors who, I mean, I, I just have the, the most respect for them um, and what they do. I mean, uh, they put their lives on the line, you know, saving people sometimes. Like my friend in Dallas who did the, you know, the whole Ebola scare there. So. It's crazy. So now you say you don't want to be a doctor. So now how do you get to the acting? Is that just something, I mean, did you, did you were you a fan of movies and TV? Did you like it? Did you ever sit there and go, I want to do that? Or did, did it just happen? Well, my, uh, my parents wouldn't let us watch TV when I was a kid so uh, we would we would watch every once in a while we'd sneak in some like uh, Gilligan's Island or uh, some kind of rerun in the evening 
and maybe every once in a while they let us watch a, a National Geographic special. So I didn't really, I wasn't really uh, introduced to it when I was a kid. Um, but what I was introduced to was the church. Okay. My dad was a preacher. Uh, Episcopal preacher, and he, I'm telling you, talk about theatrical. He was fire and brimstone, baby. And uh, we'd go to church, and uh, he was Episcopal, but uh, boy, did he preach like a Southern Baptist. Uh, he uh, um, could sing like a like a bird, and would lead the cor- lead the whole congregation in the big uh, songs that they would sing, the big hymns. And uh, so I was really impressed by that. Not to mention, um, when I got a little older, he switched church churches in from the Episcopal Church to the Orthodox Christian Church, and that service is really theatrical with singing and uh, incense and bells and costumes, and I mean, it's it's all theatrical. Does, does, did your father, like, not choreograph, but set those, did he, like, produce it, basically? Was he, was all his input, is that how they got the actual service, was, or did he have people helping him, or was he oh, the, no, the creative mind behind it? Uh, no, the, the well, when we got once we got to the Orthodox Church, these services are as old as the Greeks. Okay. They're, they're I mean, these services go back, they predate actual Christianity, some of them. Um, um, you know, it goes back to the Greek theater. It's got the the iconostasis with the three doors, just like the Greek theater did, and you and they're kind of hidden. You can go in and out, and they have a you know. It's it's amazing. It's amazing how similar uh, old Greek theater and uh, is, the Orthodox church. Because you don't think about it. Because I, I, I'm Presbyterian, and our church, our was just like a boring service. You know, it was like a guy <laughs> came in, and I even I even went to uh, with my girlfriend Joanne. I went to uh, the Christmas, the mass. She wanted to go, but we went to the early one because. I can't sit through two hours. So it was like the kids' <laughs> service. And that was just basically the Santa Claus came in. But that's the one cool thing. Like, church, I think people would go to church more if it was theatrical. Because it, you sit there, you know, like like you're the church your father was at. That's entertainment. And we all want to be entertained. It's and, amazing. And then that's the, what's cool. The chandeliers swing and all the candles are lit and the, right. you know, the choir's <laughs> singing. And the, it's, it's, a, it's a real experience. So he, he was doing that, so you were sort of getting it. Now, how did so, you... So I, I so I loved that. That's one thing I loved about church. Um, and then uh, my parents, my, my parents got a divorce when I was about 19, and that really nailed me. I think that uh, no matter what age you are, uh, when your parents get divorced, that, that sucks. And uh, so I went on kind of an uh, internal search for what I wanted to do because my my parents kind of played each other off off themselves so I had to kind of you know find my own self in the in the way and I I was uh, really struggling that's one reason why I took the job at the hospital uh, because I wanted to find out what it was like to really have something bad happen to you I mean I I wanted to put it in perspective I mean nobody was hurt nobody was dying Um, and I got went to the hospital and I saw people you know in much worse state than my family was but in much greater spirits and um and positive positiveness and in and hopefulness and i really gained a lot from from that experience um and when i went to to university of tulsa um i started taking singing lessons from a lovely lady named jane carmichael and um she taught me how to sing for the church and I sang with her for about a year and singing is a really uh, great way to kind of let all your demons out okay and um, uh, then she said why don't you audition for a musical so I was like well okay Uh, I auditioned for a musical I got called back uh, and I got the part. It was uh, Miles Gloriosus in uh, (laughs) Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum and that was your first audition that was my very first thing I ever did and uh, I worked with a lady named Nancy Vonovich, who was at University of Tulsa, and a guy, and uh, the, Dr. David Cook, and uh, they, they got me started, and they got they gave me a place to put all that angst I'd gotten from my uh, my parents' divorce, and you know, just being nineteen, right? Um, and uh, they gave me a, a place to channel it. Before I knew it, I had graduated with a a theater degree. And uh, then I didn't know what to do. Yeah, what, what do you I mean? Could you? It's like you're in Oklahoma. You have a theater degree, and it's it's not like you know Oklahoma is the uh, the hub of entertainment. You know, <laughs> and it's like you're in the middle. You know, like LA's here, and New York's 
on the other coast and you're right in the middle. So it's like, what do you, what do you decide to do? Because you have this degree, you enjoy it. What's your next step? Well, I thought to myself, um, I thought, well, if I can't get a job as an actor, I better get a degree so at least I can teach. Uh, so I went to uh, Rutgers University. I didn't know anything about schools. So you went to Rutgers, New Brunswick? Yeah. Okay, because I grew up in New Jersey. Oh, do I, oh yeah, yeah. I went okay. to, to Mason Grove School of the Arts there. Okay. Uh, and uh, studied with a guy named Bill Esper, who I didn't know, but he was a really great acting teacher, taught the Meisner Technique. And I studied there for three years, and uh, I was—I wanted to go to New York because I was really in love with musical theater. That was my first love, and, uh, I, and you know, New York is the mecca for that. So um, I, got, I went to graduate school, and uh, I kept—I studied in the music school with the graduate uh, program there as well, and I studied opera and. Uh, musical theater singing as well as uh, acting for film and television and the stage and I got out of graduate school and the, well before I was out of graduate school I was already in uh, a show at the Delacorte Theater in <laughs> Central Park so uh, I just totally lucked out with that one now what show is that that was a uh, Taming of the Shrew with uh, Morgan Freeman and Tracy Ullman. Now, how? I mean, that's a pretty big, pretty big step. You're still you're not out of school yet. Now, how did the audition come up, or did they just come to your school and see you? I mean, because that's a friend of mine, a guy named Jason Fogelson, who's here in town. Um, he uh, was working at the public theater as a script reader, and I was going to graduate school, and all of my graduate um, classmates. Um, you know, we're friends of his. So he said, let me get you guys all a, a general audition at the public theater. So we all went in on a general audition, and I just happened to luck out. Was it and a big part or was it just... It was a, a, a small part uh, in the ensemble. But then I got the next show, which was Richard III, and I got I was the first murderer, which is actually a part. So, so <laughs> And that was that the one with Denzel Washington? Yeah. So, so you were... Were you out of school yet then? I was out of school then. That was that summer. But that's pretty... I mean, you go playing with Morgan Freeman and Tracy Ullman. Oh, I was completely and, flabbergasted. Yeah, and then Denzel. I mean, that's some... That's good. So, I mean, so you were getting some... You were getting some theater wings. You were getting some... The work. Yeah, so, and I wanted to do musical theater. That was my... Uh, I, I love musical theater. So, so what do you do after those shows? Do you sit there and start auditioning for Broadway and off-Broadway stuff? Or how does that work? Because, you know, you were, your concentration was musical theater. But, of course, if there's regular theater, you can audition for that too. I'm oh sure. yeah. Well, in my opinion, to be an actor, you got to have as many oars in the water as you can. You got to have your singing down. You got to have your TV acting. You got to have your film acting. You got to have your theater acting. You got to have voiceover work. You got in my career, I've had to do it all in order to survive. So thank God, um, I I. Uh, I, I, and like you were asking, I go I go for everything. Right. I was just whatever whatever came up, I would I would go in for it. And um, uh, before I knew it, I was uh, in Les Mis on Broadway. So you were on Broadway. Yeah, playing a swing. You know what a swing is? No, I don't have no idea. That's, <laughs> that's I, I know what a swing is like in regular term when you sit on a swing. But what is a swing in Les Mis? Okay, uh, it's a it's a term in the musical theater, and it's a guy that or a gal that understudies all the ensemble parts. Okay. So say you have, like in Les Mis, there were 14 male ensemble parts. These aren't like Javert and uh, Valjean. These are the smaller parts, you know, like uh, um, that have one or two lines. And uh, I understudied 14 different guys' parts through the whole show. So that means at any time, you don't, I mean, you could go to the theater and you they might say, hey, such and such is out, you gotta do this. And so you really can't, like you can't set your mindset on a part because you have to do all these parts. I mean, that must be sometimes very... we do two or three at the same time. I mean, that must be very challenging. <laughs> it was it was a, the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. God, so and then you had to remember everything and, and yeah, because you have to know. It's not like knowing like if you have if you're one person and you have three lines, that's fine. But if you're 14 and one is one line, and then you probably sit there and go. Oh, crap, man. When am I coming on? What if I... Because, I mean, that's hard. I mean, I can't... You know, 14. I mean, five would be hard enough, but 14 must yeah, be... Yeah, it was a... Yeah, it was a bitch. Well, and, 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 but it was great experience. I mean, I'm telling you, I got my sea legs doing well, that show. How long, how long did you do that show for? I did that show on and off for about three years. Because the cool thing was that because I knew all the parts, whenever anybody would get sick, uh, they would call me. 
you know, somebody got like a, the flu or there was an epidemic running through the theater, they would call me in to work. So that was a great uh, kind of interim gig. Now, when you did that, could you also go out for other stuff? Or yeah, you, yeah. Okay, so you were allowed to go out for other plays. Sure, sure. Okay. Um, I went um, out actually for Guys and Dolls. I understudied uh, Sky Masterson and Guys and Dolls, and I was going, I actually did. Les Mis all in the evening, and I'd rehearse Guys and Dolls all day long, and uh, and I did that for like two weeks. It killed me, but it was great to have a gig, man. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, we had two gigs, which were cool. Yeah. I mean, that was cool. So you're doing you're doing the stage, and you're getting a lot of stage work, mm-hmm. okay? And you know, I saw here it says you know, kiss a Spider Woman ragtime show. I'm looking at your Wikipedia. Sometimes Wikipedia is wrong. <laughs> you never know, but so far it's been right. So you know, sometimes people go, people go, I wasn't in that, and I go, oh, sorry. <laughs> so you're doing the theater, and you're loving it, and you're in New York. And you're working, and you're a working actor, so that's great. Now, do you? When do you sit there and start to say, "I'm going to go to L.A."? Or, I mean, how does that happen? Because you, you're you're successful in theater. A lot of times, people leave New York when they're not getting work in theater, and they go, oh, "We're going to go on TV." How did that transition come to bring you out here? I mean, Ooh, you that's try- an interesting question. You know, uh, my career has been completely subconsciously driven. I, I don't make. I haven't made any like. You know, I I hear some people make very. Uh, um, thought out moves and plans mine is all up to serendipity um i uh owed thirty thousand dollars in student loans after my college and graduate school because my my parents uh couldn't help me and um i needed to pay those back because it was killing me uh so i got a job in kiss of the spider woman with cheetah rivera uh, on the road, and I was—I understudied Valentine, the Raul Julia part. This is the musical, not the stage play. And uh, I played a prison guard, and I went on the road for two years, and I paid off all my student loans. And now, where were you going on the road? Because I mean, it was like you were everywhere. I mean, was it small over. towns, big towns? No, was it was it, huge towns. But you're there for like a week or this two is weeks. This like a big. First class national sit down so, tour. Some it was like six months, some places. Okay. Five weeks, other places. We came to L.A. actually, um, and I got a taste of L.A. back in '96 or something, and then. Um, but anyway, I'll, to make a long story short, I ended up coming out here with another musical called Ragtime. Right. And while I was doing Ragtime, I had gotten in my contract and out so I could do. Uh, theater and oh, so i could do t- film and television and i ended up booking a, a movie with uh, kyle mclaughlin called uh called route nine now is that your first that was my very first thing i ever did so and, what was that like going from because you had such you've been on stage for so long and i know you were trained you know classically trained but you're on stage and now and you're used to performing every night or even you know just being around it but then you come on a movie set and you see how boring it can be. I mean, was that weird for you because you're getting a different direction? I mean, what was it like your first day on the set where you're like, what? This is just different. Oh, I was so excited, man. Was it? Okay. Oh, I was so excited. It was totally different. But the cool thing was because I studied uh, the Meisner technique with uh, in, in Rutgers, you, you learn how to act for the camera as well. So it, it, there's, it's a kind of different style acting for the film and television as it is acting in a theatrical situation and um i actually to be honest with you i just uh, took all my lead to, to act off of kyle mclaughlin he was so lovely to me and uh took me under his wing him and peter coyote was in it okay. too he, they really took me under their wing and uh kind of showed me the ropes and i just uh again serendipity uh, all instinct i i don't really uh <laughs> did you say you just at that moment you just decided i'm staying in l.a uh, yeah, I was getting work here. Um, I could have gone on with a tour of Ragtime, but um, I just decided I liked it here, um, and I wanted to give it a shot because I was getting work. Now, I always ask my guests, where did you move when you first got here? Because, you know, that's what I always say, cause, and, and this was a longer, because I moved here 14 years ago, and it's gotten a lot better since then. And But ages ago, like, you you don't know where to live, because I always, I, and my listeners probably, like, he always says this, but, it, and people, and I, I bring this up, because it's true, because places look nice, and they're not, and that's the thing, it's, you know, I mean, in other cities, you know when you're in a crappy neighborhood, right. out, out here, you don't know. You don't know, because a block or two over, it could be. Yeah, so where did you first move? Did people tell you, well, you, you, were, you were working, so did people say, hey, maybe you should move here, or how that work? When I first moved here, um... 
I had a big white Samoyed dog that was with me all the time, the great white Sam. He was my best friend. He was on the road with me for 10 years. We went everywhere together. And uh, so it was just me and Sam, and uh, I couldn't find a place to live here in L.A. because nobody took dogs. Isn't that crazy? I, and, I, and I was amazed because I would take Sam up on walks in the canyons. There would be no dogs at all. It's totally changed now. But um, So I found an apartment in North Hollywood on Blick Street. Uh, right at the, right near the intersection of uh, Lancashire and and uh, Vineland and that that beautiful intersection there. Wait, Lancashire and Vineland. Isn't that where they all come like That's together? Where they all come together. And there's Camarillo this, and Vineland. And, yeah, and, there, and there's that H Salt Fish place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's still H-salt there. I drove by the other day and I was like, <laughs> how is that place still open? It's been because it used to be a 2020 video, and I was driving somewhere because I was going to Ventura, and I, on the Ventura Boulevard, I was like. That H salt is still there. That thing's been there forever. It's still there. It's been, it's been there since I was there. And that's and crazy. That was uh, 15 years ago. And they haven't painted it. <laughs> <laughs> so you move there, and you're getting some work. So now, what do you do now once you get here? Well, I just auditioned for everything. Uh, and I actually uh, love to audition. So uh, I feel like an actor's job is not to actually do the work. Uh, not at once you get the job, that's the, the gravy. That's the, the, the icing on the cake. But your job is to go on auditions and uh, and do good, do good, well-prepared auditions. And that's what I did for, that's what I do. Uh, I, that's my job. And uh, I love to audition. And I just kept going on audition after audition after audition. And uh, I, every, some of them I'd get and most of them I'd... <laughs> well, yeah, because you, you worked, I mean, I look at your shows, you know, you did like Walker, Texas Ranger. And then, there's a lot of them, the X-Files and Six Feet Under. So you were, you, were getting, you were getting work. Now, did you ever try to commercial things or no? Was that... You know, I did commercials. I did a few commercials. But I'm not really a, a great commercial type. Um, uh you know, I'm just not. I'm. I'm. I'm more of a kind of tough guy, and I. I got some tough guy commercials. <laughs> now, as you're doing these different shows, I said, you know, like Charm, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You're going out for an audition. Are you still trying to get stage work in, or are you? Or are no, you I've, just... I've moved out here completely. I haven't done stage since I stopped doing Ragtime back in '98. Do you ever miss it? Not really. No. 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 I mean, because some people, because it's the constant. You're always. I miss singing. Okay. I love to sing, but I, I do a lot of singing in my house. Okay. So I, I play musical instruments and sing and So what what kind of what, and, what kind of music do you sing? What kind of when you say it's, you play instruments, like what kind of music do you like? I love uh cheesy seventies songs. Okay. I like uh hard driving rock and roll blues. I like uh old time music. I, I play the fiddle. I love old time fiddle music and uh some Irish fiddle music, and uh, I brought uh, uh, something actually, just to. And uh, I love this. This is my first instrument. Is that a harmonica? Yeah. Play it, man. Hey, you get ready? Yeah. Good stuff, man. Now, do you always carry that around? No, I just brought it for you. Okay, good. I like that. I like that because uh, I, I like I like the harmonica. I had a harmonica when I was little, but I couldn't ever figure it out. Like that all sounded the same. So, but that's good. Now, do you, now you should you should you play. Do you ever get with like a go to those jam sessions and play with people? You know, I, I used to, but now I just um, I, I, it's just relaxing for me. It's like uh, some kind of therapy, some kind of like uh, just. Uh, I, I don't know, just a release. I, okay. I love to um, uh, just noodle around on my banjo or see. That's uh, play cool. My guitar. And, that's uh, that's always the fun stuff. That's good. I wish I was a musical inclined. So and so back the acting. So you keep working. You're yeah. working. You're working. And now, are you getting pilots or anything during pilot season? Or I mean, because you're doing a lot of guest spots. You know, I uh, <coughs> excuse me. I don't usually get a lot of pilot auditions, and I've had. <coughs> um, uh, I think I've auditioned for Network twice, and I've gotten one. Okay. So I don't really, I'm not really a great, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a character guy. So, um, now, and, you, and, and, and I'm not a handsome character guy, so I don't know. Some TV is, there's a certain look for TV, and I don't know if, 
if I necessarily have it. No, but you're okay. So I'm looking at your work. I guess now you were in a group show called The MDs. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, was that was a bigger part? Yeah, that was a nice part. That was a recurring part. Now, what show? Who? What was that show about? That was about a doctors in a hospital. I played a doctor, Big Thor Amundsen. I think it was his name, Amundsen, and uh, he was an ER doctor, kind of funny. He was had a funny twist to him. That's interesting because for a while there, I was playing a lot of funny uh, comedy comic parts. Do you think so? Were some of the comedies? And did you enjoy comedy? Oh yeah, I love comedy. Like what were some of the comedies you were doing back then? Oh, I did uh, the Bernie Mac show. I did uh, Larry Sanders. I did. Uh, uh, what else did I do? And it's, it's weird because it, it's funny because a lot of times Becker. I mean, see Becker. I like that show. I, I I'm a big Ted Danson fan. I like Ted Danson. And he's just I mean, and he was always he was a jerk in that. You know, he's always a nice guy. <laughs> but he was a jerk. But now, what was it like though? Because you were doing the comedies, but then you started doing a lot of dramas. Was that was that? Uh, did you like to do, go back and forth? Was that fun for you, or did sometimes did you, you want? No, to... man. I just take them as they come. Okay. Uh, I just I don't know. I just uh, look at the audition, read the script. Um, step up to the plate and take my swing, man. If I connect, and then I get to do it. <laughs> See, that's the way to do it. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I have no plan. I never did. Um, uh, I just. Uh, I don't know. Well, I, I don't know what to say. Well, the Bernie Mac show. Yeah, you had a recurring. Yeah, that and was a nice part. I enjoyed that. Now, now, what was it like? Because I heard he was very funny. And oh, he was great. I, I mean, I heard he was just. And I heard he was a very nice guy. You know, and it must have been fun though, just because you know you're going back. And I mean, when when you first got that role, was it just for one, and then they liked him, and they kept bringing you back? You know, I I don't know. Um, I I had one scene, and uh, they brought me back uh, the next time uh, to do another scene and another episode, and. I was talking with Bernie, and he said, I want this show to be like um, the Andy Griffith show, where he has a lot of, there's a lot of characters in the town okay. that keep coming back and, and adding to the storyline of the of the show. And so I did that show for like five years. Kept coming back anytime um, little Jordan got in trouble at his uh, school, you know, as the father of and dean of discipline. See, that's cool, though, because, I mean, that's always good for you, because then you just, probably just get calls out of the blue going, hey, man, we, we need you this week. And it must be a great feeling as an actor, because oh, you don't have to audition. I, I know you love the auditioning, but but you already know it's a gig, and you know a call can come anytime. There's nothing better than an offer, man. I think, it makes yeah. you feel so good, and it's uh, uh, it's just the best. And, uh, and, and, to, and to get something, a great part like that, where you get to recur and, and also uh, work with great writers, um, come on, man. Now then, you get you got Prison Break. Now, yeah. okay. Now Prison Break. It's funny um, when that was coming out. When you went for auditioning for that, did you know it was going to be a regular part, or did you think it was be recurring? What, like, what was the audition process for you for for Prison Break? Well, first of all, I almost didn't even go in on it. Why not? Because it was such a bad guy. Uh, my daughter was how old was she at the time? Maybe two or three. And uh, I didn't want to play all these horrible guys. It's my daughter to see me playing, you know, mean prison yeah. guards. Um, so I almost didn't go in. But my my uh, manager at the time, uh, Stacy McLaughlin, she said, um, uh, "You better go in, or I'll kill you." And so I went in, and it was for a ten out of thirteen uh, re uh, uh, series regular for Prison Break, and. Um, I just auditioned three times. I went in the first time for like you know the pre-read, and I went in for the net uh, studio or the network, and then I, I can't remember which one was the last one. The network probably, and uh, I got the part. I couldn't believe it. Now, did you? I mean, did you have to act? I mean, when you audition, I mean, what? As you said, it's a part where you really don't want it because you don't want to be like mean because your daughter. How did? How do you get yourself in character then? Because I know you're an actor, but if it's it's like anything, if subconsciously, I mean, everything you've said has been really subconsciously things have happened. If you don't, if you didn't really want the part, did you? I mean, did you feel fine auditioning, or I mean, because it's internally. Well, I I. Uh... I, how would I put it? I, I don't know. I can just tap into this mean part of myself, I guess you might say. Uh, I just read the read the scene as I thought it should be read, you know, in whichever uh, arc and what character that I uh, had decided, and I, for some reason they liked it. I don't. You never know with these right. things. Right. I know. It's. Crazy. I always say uh, the, the you, you you don't know why you get a job, and you. And you don't know why you don't. And uh, it could be because um, the 
director, you, the, you remind the director of his brother-in-law that you get the part, and it could be because you remind the director of his brother-in-law that you don't get the part. Right. So it's, it's completely... Uh, who knows why? So, so you get you get cast on Prison Break, and that must be great because you're getting ten out of thirteen, and you're going okay, you know. Oh, I was thrilled. Yeah, because it's you, and, and you have a, a daughter at home, so that makes it even better. So you're like, okay, I got some cash coming in. You oh know what I'm man, saying? man, it was a blessing. I mean, so you get that part, and the show premieres, and, and you know when you think about it, because the way you think about people watch TV and stuff like that, you know. A show called Prison Break, it, you don't know where it's going to go because it's like anything. It's like, okay, they get out of prison. I mean, you know, so, but then it comes on and it blows up that first season. Oh, yeah, that That's, went crazy. So, People I mean, crazy. so what was that like? I mean, because for you, you're happy, you're an actor, you know, you, 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 you've you been acting forever. And then all of a sudden you get a part and the show, I mean, that show, I remember when it came out, people were going nuts about it what's that like that does that change you because people probably start recognizing you and they probably recognize you as a as a mean guy and i always laugh because i've talked to so many actors like your friend mark ralston who said you know people they still think of him as boggs from uh from shawshank and people will come up and be like you're just and they don't they don't make the correlation that you're an actor you know, it's so funny. So many people don't do that, and it's odd. I don't because I would think if you see someone on TV, you know, if you see some guy out with his daughter, you're not going to think, "Oh, this guy's going to be a mean jerk." And if I go out and think someone's a mean jerk, I'm not going to go up and say to him, "Hey, you're a mean jerk." Because if they are a mean jerk, they're going to hit me. But yeah. so, what was it like you? Because all of a sudden, you know, you're sitting there and people are watching the show. I mean, a lot of people show. Did you start getting recognized? Yeah. Um... Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, it took a while for me, though, because I wore a hat during okay. the show, and I'm bald. So when I was walking around town without a hat on, they didn't recognize me. So the script supervisor said, um, you should take your hat off sometimes during the show. So I took my hat off during the show a couple of times, and then people recognized me a little bit. But they would never talk to me. They would never come up and talk to me because they were afraid of me. I could see them over. I could see them, see them in the corner <laughs> pointing at me. And my wife, when my wife was walking with me, she could tell that they'd recognize me, and they would talk to her, but no one would ever talk to me. That's funny. Yeah. That, I mean, God. So, so you're on the prison break, and it, it, you, the first season gets great. I mean, there's thirteen. You got there was. I did. Uh, I actually did like all the episodes. And there was thirteen season. the first season. There was four, 24, I think. Okay, so you did. Or so you originally were going to do ten out of thirteen, but so there's twenty four. So you get that. So then you get renewed a second season. Now that must be great because that's like you know I just you know from the beginning you didn't know if you're going to be on all the time, but now you get renewed <laughs> and the show's still popular. Yeah, and it so was doing well, and you're working, and you're you know, what is it like though? Off, I always think because when you're mean, like you're a guard and you're mean. What is it like? I mean, and I know it's acting, but what is it like when you're hanging out with the other actors in between takes? Do you stay in character, or you know, are you nice to them? I mean, because you still have to go back on screen, and everyone knows it's the same thing. But how do you do that? You know, do you just turn it off as soon as they say cut, or do you just try to keep sort of mean? I understand what you're saying. Uh, you know, I'm not one of those uh, method guys that has to be in character all the time. Um, you know, I, I, sometimes I might take a breath or two to get going, uh, to to get my mind in the right place. Um, but no, I didn't. You know, I wasn't mean to anybody. I hope if I was, I'm sorry. Right. But um, uh, I uh, I just you know dove into it. I have to say, though, playing mean characters like that over the period of time or bad characters, people kind of, um, um, maladetto, uh, they, they uh, get to me. Okay. And I, I don't like playing characters like that over a long period yeah, of time. Yeah, you can only do it so much. So, so now how long, how many seasons did Prison Break last? It was four seasons and I was in like three and a half. Okay. And now how did you not, did they, did you get killed? Yeah, they killed me. Off. Okay. So what would, now did you get killed on screen? Yeah. Okay. I always, I always, do you got to tell me what happened? Because I always love stories because like yesterday, my guest, you know, he was on Lost and he got blown up by nitrous glycerin and someone <laughs> got squibbed and they said, we didn't, uh, they, we don't want to, we don't want the squibs we didn't want to. They put something under squib. We wanted to feel the reaction. Did you know you were going to die, or how did how did? Yeah, they... yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, of course, I read the script before I did it. I mean, but no, did, they, did, did you know in the beginning of the season you were going to yeah, die? Yeah, they told me uh, that I was going to be in ten episodes that season. And that's it. Now, does that make you sad? Oh yeah, and you're like, my feeling. And you're like, oh man, but it's probably. But now, how did they? How did they kill you? Because I love. Well, this stuff. I, uh, I actually they they gave me a hero's <laughs> death. I have to thank uh, Nick Santora and. Uh, 
Matt Olmstead and the, the writers for that. They gave me a hero's death um, <coughs> where I gave my life for the other guys and I, I drowned. I, 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 I saved them, but I drowned instead in a big, like, uh, what do you call that? Culvert, or not a culvert, like a, like a huge... Cauldron? Cald- cal- no, like a huge uh, irrigation pipe. Okay. Like 12-foot irrigation thing, like they... Did now, so how do they shoot that? Like, I mean, because... They built a big... But now for you, I mean, so you're in the water. No, they didn't have me in the water. Okay. You just hear the water coming. Okay, because that would be... And then you see me close my eyes, and then it's... Okay, because that'd be scary. I think that'd be scary if they put you in the water. No, thank God I wasn't in the water. Are, are, you, are you afraid of water? or are you... No, I'm all right with water. Thank really? you. I'm not a good swimmer. Are you a good swimmer? I am. I used to be a lifeguard. Oh, really? Where at? Uh, in Tulsa. Okay, that's yeah. cool. I was thinking because you said you went to uh, New Rutgers. I was like, maybe. You know, what did you think of living in New Jersey? I loved New Jersey. See, I grew up there, and as you see my shirt, and and I loved. It. I grew up in Cherry Hill, which is about an hour from Rutgers, and we used to go up to New Brunswick. There was the uh, the punk club called the Melody, and there was oh, yeah. different places, and uh, there was a good diners. I mean, what was that like though, coming from Tulsa, which was probably nicer people, <laughs> and then you end up in New Jersey, which were nice but were very, you know. Well, I, I got to tell you, the first thing I noticed when I would go there, when I went to New Jersey, was that when you walk down the street, you go into the grocery store or whatever, uh, to the people in the South, in Oklahoma and Georgia, where I'm from, they say, when they make eye contact with you and they say, hey, how are you? And you say, oh, I'm fine. How are you? Uh, the next person you see, you go, hey, how are you? Not fine. How are you? In, in New York, New Jersey, uh, they just walk right past. So oh, yeah. there's no, there's none of that kind of like. Uh, so that kind of affected me for a while, but other than that, I really love New Jersey. I think the reason why I w- went to Rutgers was because I was scared to go to New York City right after um, college because I first of all didn't think I was trained um, <coughs> uh, as an actor well enough. Because I, what I loved about musical theater was not only this great singing, but the great acting. Because uh, a great singer is only interesting for about, I don't know, 16 measures. Right. And then you got to have something else going on. And uh, and that's the acting. And that's why I, I, I love you know great singers and actors. Um, but anyway, I don't know. remember what I was talking about. What New Jersey. Living in New Jersey. Oh, I love New Jersey. Yeah. And, I, and it got me into New. It got me into New York. I could put my toe into New York, kind of see what it was like instead of uh, just diving right in. And I think I would have drowned. Right now, no, uh, yeah. I mean, it is, and it's not. It's close enough where, it, but it's not right there. Like yeah, New it was Brunswick. an hour on the bus. Yeah, yeah it's, um, it's good. And um, and the bus system's good back there. That's what people don't oh, know. Yeah. It's like I, we used to take a bus called the Bolt Bus. It was out of a uh, my hometown, Cherry Hill. Was when it would take you to New York, and it was like. 12 bucks and yeah, it, it would it take is. you like and it didn't stop so you go from there to New York and there's no and it would drop, right drop you right to the off. Port Authority and this would take you to the uh, TikTok Diner I, I'm not sure where that is That's like it says there's a TikTok Diner and there's a clock and you would take this bus and, and had, it was roomy and everyone would line up to get on this bus and, and then I took it a few years ago and it had Wi-Fi in it and all that and it was great and it was like from Philly the Philadelphia area to New York was only two hours and this bus would fly because it was from some reason it didn't make stops and it was on like the bus lane <laughs> and you're like and people were backed up in traffic to fly but that's what's great with New Brunswick it's an hour you're right there yeah yeah uh, my wife really wants to move back to new york um and i, I would like to too uh just to change it up a bit and uh we but, were thinking maybe moving to new jersey somewhere is, is, where's your wife from she's from uh london okay now how'd you meet her oh gosh well i bought a house out here and um she uh, uh it, it was an acquaintance of a friend of mine and uh she was looking for a place to live because she just came out for a visit and uh so she came to rent a room for me, and uh, now we're married. Is she is she in the industry? Uh, she was in, in, when she was in England. She was a uh, she did a lot of commercials. Okay, and was a ballet dancer. All right, and, but now she wants to move to New York. That's interesting. Oh, she loves New York. Yeah. Well, New York, I guess, because I've never been to London, but I, I heard New York's like London and New York are sort of the same. Like they're just cool cities. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, I mean, and you know, and like you were saying, um, in New York, everybody walks everywhere. Right. Um, Out here. Yeah, it's, you take your life into your own hands walking like you did. I know, I, I swear, because I walk, I, I do this walk every night, not like five, and I leave my house and I walk and I walk down this 
block. And that, Burbank's not heavily trafficked. You know what I mean? There's lights everywhere. And I walk a few blocks down, and I walk up, and I walk up. And yeah, sometimes you're like, what the? You know, you, you walk around, and I feel bad because you walk by a few old person's homes in Burbank. There's a lot of them in Burbank. I'm thinking, one of these people's going to get hit because they're walking with their walkers, <laughs> and the people aren't paying attention. No one pays attention. They have a cigarette in their mouth, or they're on their cell phone, and you're going, oh my God. I know, I want to drag. So now, so after a prison break was done, now, yeah. you, were, were you a little bummed? Because, you know, it's like, but, but, but the season after you, you went to, it, back, it got canceled after the fourth season. Right, it got canceled after the fourth season. Um, so what do you it, do then? Are you, are you, are you, do people know you as this guard? I mean, you just came off a hit series. You're getting recognized. The doors must be opening for you for, for auditions. You know, sort of. Um, you know, the thing about, uh, that I've learned, at least, at least it seems to be true, is that, um, you know, you can have like a great success in this business, a, a, a huge success, um, like Prison Break for me. And then the minute that's over, you got to go right back to where you started again. You know, auditioning for guest stars, going in the rooms for, you know, every once in a while I get a pilot audition, going in the rooms for pilots, going in rooms for movies. Um, it's, uh, like I said, it's my job uh, is uh, auditioning. So I'm, I kind of went back <laughs> to where I was before uh, I was on uh, prison break. Well, but it's nice that people enjoyed it, and uh, it's nice to get recognized. Well, I noticed, though, also on your resume here, you uh, you were getting some voice work now. You were, oh, yeah. So now, now you're trained and you sang, so that must be great for you. Now, how did the voice work come about? How did that come about? Did someone say, hey, man, this guy's got a good voice? Or Well, it's all, it's all because of this lovely uh, friend of mine, uh, Andrea Romano is her name. She is a big voice director and casting person for Warner Brothers. And she cast me in about five or six, maybe even more than that, uh, probably ten different things. And uh, I have to be just so grateful for her for that. And I, I and some of them were really, really cool parts. And uh, and some of them, some of them were like just fun little bits. And uh, it was just that's that's all for uh, Andrea Romano. Did you change your voices up in them, or did you have to do different voices, or was it the same voice with different inflections? Or I mean, what were like some? I mean, what were some of the roles? Uh, I played uh, the black mask. No way. I played the the red mask. No way. Under the red hood. The black mask. And under the red hood, I played this character Deegan in uh, Emerald Knights. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, what's the? I don't know. You have to tell me. I, I forget what I've done. But uh, but do you keep your voice or do you change it up? You know, I don't know. I just okay. do it. I have I don't make choices. I, I, they tell you all that all that to make choices in uh, college and graduate school, and I found the if I make choices, you can tell I've made choices. I don't want you to see. It. So if I don't make choices, then it it happens automatically. Right. Okay. And, uh, and and you don't see the work behind it. At least that's the. <laughs> now, now the movies the movies you've been in. Uh, you were in. Uh, I remember Brockovich. Yeah. Now, what was that like? Because I mean, that was like you know Julie Roberts movie. It's a, it's a, it was a big movie, and that's when she was like on the peak. I mean, you know, that must have been cool to get cast in a movie with her. Yeah, she was great too. Uh, I enjoyed working with her. Um, yeah, I'm, I I got to tell you, I just lucked out, lucked out again. I mean, when you say lucked out, I mean you had to have some. I mean, did they, you, you got the audition and you just nailed it? I mean, that's that comes from talent, not lucking out. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, you know, you never know. Like I said, you never know why. You never know why you don't. Um, I, I, uh, I just remember going in. I wore my the jacket I wore in Route 9, this cool uh, kind of yellow Carhartt jacket. Made me look a little... <laughs> I don't know. Was it my jacket? Was that why I That might the be it. The jacket might be the Route 9 jacket. No, cause I'm, it's funny because I'm trying to figure out... It's funny because your roles, you know, you, you said you, you played, you know tough guy you, you played the prison guard and it's funny when you look at your and what i hate about this is when i look at your uh resume they don't they just say guys names so it's like a lot of times like here but but on revenge you played uh you played an officer i was a prison guard yeah again, and uh, i was a now, prison guard now did, did you get a lot of prison guard auditions you know i turned a bunch of stuff down prison guard stuff matter of fact this last one i almost turned down but um my lovely agent said, oh, go ahead and take it. So I did. Why do you turn it down? Because you don't want to get pigeonholed into being a, a security? I've played a prison guard. So I played you... a prison guard in a in a television show and um, on stage for 18 months. Uh, I think I've, 
I've, so you're I've, getting I've, past that? I've exercised myself of the prison guard. <laughs> it's just funny because you're on so many shows I watched. Uh, you, you were on The Mentalist. Oh, yeah, The Mentalist. No, because that's funny because that show is actually, it's going off the, uh, tomorrow, tonight's the last night ever. Oh, really? It's done. They're, well, I loved, um, oh, gosh. Thomas. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, she was in Prison Break the first season. Um, uh, oh, she's what? the woman on the. Yeah, I always forget her name, too. Damn it. Oh, God, she's going to kill me. She's so lovely. We had a great time. What on is Prison her name? That's going to get me crazy. Hold on, I got to find her now. I'm, I'm going to go crazy. She, no, I didn't know she was on Prison Break. Hold on. Yeah. What is? Oh my God! You're right. I'm, I'm. She was just on a talk show the other day too. Yeah, she's a great uh, uh, poker player. I can't believe I can't remember her name. I can't either. I'm a television junkie. Hold on a second. Um, if I don't think about it, it'll come to me. Robin Tunney. Robin Tunney. Okay, so now you knew her from uh, Prison Break. Okay. Yeah. Now, are you are you a poker player? Uh, you know, I'm a really good poker player. Now, do you like? Do you have like poker guys you play with? Do you ever play in tournaments? Because I always see on Facebook. I know people go like, I think David Marciano is a good I, poker player. I can't player. play poker with anybody. What do you mean? You play by yourself? Piss, no, because it pisses them off. Are you that good? Uh, I tell you, I win every time. How? When did you start? This is interesting. When did you start playing poker? And how did you uh, learn to be good? Is it your poker face or what? I mean, uh, you just have to bullshit everybody. But when did you start playing? Uh, back in uh, Tulsa. Okay, so you're, you're you're a kid playing. You're taking money from people. Yeah. And so and now it pisses everybody off. Now, did you, did you ever go to like these? Do you ever get in, like a fight or anything? Like no. What, what I usually do if I do go to a poker game and I win, I uh, lose it very quickly. You, I know well, that sounds like bullshit, but it's true. Why? Because it pisses people off. Yeah, but that's why you're playing. If, my feeling is, if, if, <laughs> my feeling is, if you're not, if you're afraid of losing, I mean, these are like these are like two dollar games. We're not we're not talking, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. That's why it's it's supposed to be fun. No, people. You know what? Poker is like golf. Okay. People like to play poker, but they take it very seriously, just like people that like to play golf do. And have you ever seen? Somebody like me out trying to play golf. I mean, you can't play golf. I mean, I'm, I'm a fat guy. I'm a short guy. I got a bad back. And I, you go out to the golf course and you watch the guys play golf and they make a bad shot and they get so mad at themselves. They get furious at themselves. They, I mean, but then you look at them and you think, well, you're a, you know, 65 year old. Right. You know, overweight guy. Why? Why are you so mad at yourself? My my father <laughs> used to play golf when he's alive with this with his friend, and they'd always play. And then they'd have this one guy who would come along. And my father and his friend were just you know, they were okay, but they went for fun and they're mellow. They wouldn't they get played. pissed off, right? And stuff. But this one guy would always get pissed off and throw his clubs. And finally, yeah. they never called him again because they said. We go out to play it fun. It's like, you know, we're not same, but we're, we're older guys. You know, we're the, he was 60 at the time, and they, they stopped playing with this guy. And the guy's like, why aren't you going to play with, you know, and they're like, because you get too mad. <laughs> That's we, exactly we just, we the same thing see. with poker. Well, who do you play? How do you get to a poker game? Do you, do, you, do you play it on the set? Or, I mean, how does that happen? Like, cause, well, I, I used to get invited to poker parties. With, different, with other actors? With, uh, with other actors. Like who? Oh, I don't want to say. Okay. No problem. Uh, nice people. It's just, I, I just have learned over the years that it's probably best for me not to play, play poker. poker. <laughs> That's too funny. So now, what else is going on in your career right now? Are you going out to audition a lot? We have a lot of shows Well, coming I just up. got a movie uh, yesterday. Oh, congratulations. Uh, playing a coach. And uh, Ron Shelton is directing it. He directed... White Man uh, Can't Jump. A bunch of stuff. Yeah, he and does... I also know his... Uh, keep your eyes out for the ears out for this guy. Ben Shelton is Ron Shelton's nephew, and he's a great writer-director. So if anybody's looking for a young guy to get out there and do some ass-kicking, uh, look up Ben Shelton. I did this thing with him called um, The the Lottery on uh, Soul Pancake. Look for it on... Uh, okay, now what is Soul Pancake? Soul Pancake is run by uh, Rain, Dave, Rain Wilson. Rain Wilson, yes. Rain Wilson, he has this production company, and they do these really cool... Uh, like internet shorts. Now, what was the lottery about? About a guy who wins the lottery. Was that you? That was me. And so, so you go in there, and now what did you do when you won the lottery? 
Well, that's the that's the whole. Kind what of would that. what would you do personally if you won a lottery? If I won the lottery, man, I wouldn't tell anybody. Yeah, see, that's the crazy thing. Like people tell people, and it's like everyone's coming out of the woodworks. You know, it, like if you Can think, you imagine how many people would want to be. Oh, poker with me if I ran, oh, yeah. won the lottery, and then and they, but then you know <laughs> they'd be like, yeah, we want to get him. But no, could you imagine? I, like the other day, the lottery was like you know six hundred million, and it's like you're going to screw up when you have to get that much money. I, I mean, can't imagine. You can't. You don't know what to do with it. I mean, you, I mean, people say oh, you'll blow I got it. Hard enough time with twenty bucks, man. Yeah, I know. It's, you sit there and go like, I look, I go, well, you know, oh, I want, you walk by something, you go, hey, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll get that. You know, <laughs> so when I when I go supermarket, you know, when I I have this this weakness when I go to uh, Trader Joe's. I like I, Trader Joe's. I love they have these chocolate covered. Dark chocolate covered almonds, and they're right at the cashier. And obviously, they're going, you know, okay, I'm just getting some bananas. I'm getting some, you know, some. I, I, I get bananas there because I eat bananas every morning. <laughs> and this sounds weird, but I've learned they're the only place that has good bananas. Ralph's bananas are always too green. Sprout's bananas are always too green. And they have good bananas. So I said they're just go to get bananas. Oh, I love that, That's all I should get. But then I see those damn chocolate almonds oh those are good man. and they're 99 cents a bag and i always get one and, and my girlfriend's like do you want one and she's like well one or two i said i'm gonna eat the whole bag and i eat the whole bag i got something for you to try what's do you, that do you like ice cream yeah i mean i you know what's funny i like ice cream i haven't had it in a while but i, I want to get back into ice cream try some vanilla ice cream with those chocolate covered almonds oh mixed in there yeah oh that'd be good That'd be good. Love that kind of stuff. Uh, so, so what's the? Well, I want to hear about the Ron Shelton movie. So you're going to play. Oh, I'm a just coach. playing a. Uh, it's one scene. I'm playing a uh, a coach for a professional. I think it's the Montreal. Is it who was the Montreal Blue Jays? Was that who it was? Baseball. Wait. Yeah, the the baseball. Toronto Blue Jays. Toronto, Toronto Blue Jays. Or no, it was the Montreal team. Whoever that was. The, the Montreal Expos. Team, the Expos. Okay. Uh, playing the uh, general manager of those guys and uh, screaming at my uh, <laughs> my guy who's uh, was drunk uh, when he was pitching. Now. So I'm giving him a hard time. You play the the coach. Playing the manager of the team. So do you, are you wearing an Expos? Are you gonna? I probably. I'm sure. So that must be cool. Because now, where's it going to shoot? I don't know. Probably here in L.A. Okay, so you, you you just found out yesterday. Yeah. Now, when did you audition for it? Uh, Friday. Okay, so that's a pretty quick turnaround. Yeah. For and a I, movie. You, know, you never know. This business is so, it's so like chance operations. It's completely. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's like you know what do they call it? String theory, or is it? Okay, you know, uh, I want to hear this. It's it's like. Uh, you know how uh, one particle can be at the same place at the same time as another particle, and something can appear out of nowhere uh, uh, completely unpredictably. That's what the show business is like. Now, your kids, <laughs> how many kids do you have? A little girl, Isabella. She's 12. Now, would you ever want her to get in this business? You know, if she wants to, I think, you know, you should do what you love. Now, my, my motto is follow your bliss. Do okay. What you love. Now, has she seen you on, on, on any of your parts? Because 12 is still young. So She hasn't watched any, really, any of the stuff that I've been in. Because it's all, I'm all, I'm always playing such horrible people uh, or in, or in very intense situations. So it's, we can't really show her. It, it it makes me laugh because you know you play a lot of intense characters, but in real life you're so laid back. Oh, thanks. I mean, that's just because sometimes you know you do meet people who play intense people, and they're intense in real life, and then you're like, oh, calm down, you know, you're gonna blow a blow, <laughs> blow a vein in your head. But now, now, I mean, everyday life. I mean, you just seem like a happy guy. I mean, what do you do for fun? I mean, what's what's like a fun day? I mean, you can't play poker anymore because everyone yells at you and you take all their money. Yeah, you know, so no, I always give it back because then they're really mad at me. I've known. So I mean, but well, that's just not right. I mean, why do why do you go into a game if you know you might lose and then get mad? Because I've because no, I've won for them. I haven't I, given it back and they they don't invite me back to the poker game. Again. That's just as my mom so would I'd say. I'd rather go to the poker game and not play. <laughs> that's like my mom would say. Take your marble. You're taking your marbles and you're going home. It's like the kid when he was little. Like he would come and play marbles. Right. And then he'd lose and then he'd just leave. And you're like, we don't have any marbles now. He goes, well, you know, she, you shouldn't have beat me <laughs> i know exactly <laughs> so now how often do you audition oh my you know it depends uh sometimes i audition three times in a day uh and sometimes i audition three times in a month okay and now what's your what's your conversion rate do you do well uh, i'm i'm usually uh two out of five that's excuse good me two out of ten 
That's good, though. One out of five, two out of ten, one out of five. No, you, uh, lucky. Do you ever do commercial auditions anymore? Or no, no that, I don't really do You don't want to do that? Auditions. I do a lot of voiceover auditions. Okay, now, so besides, like, I see these shows, like, be, you're doing Beware Batman. Oh, Beware the Batman. Yeah, that's done now, though. But yeah. you did that. Yeah. And that was a few episodes. Yeah. Okay. Now, now, are you auditioning for just stuff like that when you do voices, or you do audition for commercial voiceovers? Or I mean, do I do a lot of commercial voiceover auditions. I do, and I've I've had a couple couple of good gigs on that, and I've done. I do a lot of uh, like narration. Okay. Actually, if you want to, if you if you guys have Netflix, look off for something Netflix. called Built for the Kill. Built for the Kill. What is it? It's a nature documentary about uh, animals that are built to be predators okay uh but the problem is with this one is if you don't like to see animals getting eaten okay don't watch it <laughs> and now you you narrate I did that? the narration on it yeah. now that must be cool i mean because it's just it's like i mean when you're going about that it must be like the animal i mean is it it's was it very serious when you do the narration for it well you do it like this you do, you do something like you know built for the kill <laughs> Okay. It's that kind of thing. It's like almost like monster trucks. Okay. See, that's good stuff, too. There used to be a place. We only have a few minutes left. There used to be a place in New Jersey. It was called the Atco, Atco New Jersey Speedway. They go, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Oh, yeah. Big yeah. Daddy Garlitz and the Bigfoot. And I was, I always loved that. I mean, that'd be the best job because you just go in there and say, oh, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. So now, now, are you? do you have a website or anything? Are you on nope. Twitter? No. Nope. Nothing? They can't find you? They can't, well, they can, go, they can find your work on uh, IMDb. They can see and they can go yeah. find it. And that's, you, know, you have to have the Twitter. You got to tweet more. No, I, you know, I don't do any of that stuff. You don't do any? No, I, I, I love gardening, playing my musical instruments, and being do, with my family. Do you play the ukulele? Uh, you know, I'd love to learn to play the ukulele. How about the mandolin? Uh, no, I can play the fiddle, which is kind of like the mandolin. Do you like bluegrass music? Love bluegrass music. Okay, my friend's big. My friend Neil Bobo loves bluegrass. He has a mandolin. I always give him crap. I would say, Oh, we got to get together. Okay, what do you, I, should, I tell you, he lives up in Valencia. I said, uh, I always say, What are you doing with that uh, ukulele? He's like, It's not a ukulele. It's a mandolin, damn it. And I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, kind of, <laughs> the fiddle's cool. Because I'm, I'm, I like the fiddle because, you know, in the Irish music and the fiddle and everything, it's just the fiddle is it's a cool instrument to play. And that's, that's a bow. That's like a. It's a bow, yeah. But it's tuned the same way as a mandolin. Okay. If you put it on its side, you can strum it and play the same chord. Do you ever you play? Can. Do you ever play it like that? Sure. Okay. Now, do you record any of your music? Yeah. And now, do you, okay. Now, do you put it out there? No. Oh man, we want to hear your music. <laughs> Come on, man. I can send you one if you want. I would like to hear. I would like one. to hear a track. I would like to hear a track. I'll That'd send be cool. You one. Because it's you know I always I always love different kinds of music. It's like when Springsteen came out with an album, all the Irish songs, and it was just great. You know, it was and then there's an actually Springsteen best of Springsteen. He did a he did a, a an album with about a lot of Woody Guthrie. Yes, tunes yes, and stuff like and that. And then there's some Irish tunes in that. It was oh, great. Oh yeah, that was great. And there's also an album where it's covers of Springsteen songs by the man by people playing the mandolin, and it's called Picking on Springsteen. Ooh, so you might want to check too. that out. Anyway, I want to thank you for coming on. It was good to meet you, Wade. And Thanks, I'm glad we got Steve. to set this good up. Good to meet you too, man. And uh, I got I to gotta check out now. You know, my, my, my girlfriend watched Prison Break, and I, you know, I didn't really watch it. She's like, oh, I remember him. But then, you know, it's years back. But it was good to, it was good to have you on. And so Thanks people, for nice to meet you, It man. was good to meet you. And, I, and so I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you my email so you can send me some of that music. I and will. so people, go on to... Uh, go on to um, the IMDb, see if someone's work. Is the pancake, is that is that on the, the lottery? Is that on a website? Yeah, it's a, you just type in, uh, go to YouTube, type in uh, the lottery, or type in um, Soul Pancake. Okay, and check that out, people. So, yeah, definitely check them out. And you can't follow them on Twitter, but we're going to get you on Twitter. I tell you. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter. Follow me at Cooper Talk. That's at Cooper Talk. Follow out. I always tweet funny stuff. I try to tweet funny, tweet funny stuff. Also, go to my website, coopertalk.net. I have... I think I'm posting the 345th episode today. And there's 345 episodes up there. You can listen to them. Tons of guests. You can also find those episodes on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Type in one word, Cooper Talk. They all come up. And you can do it that way. Also, just listen. To, I want to give a shout out to some of my affiliates that play my show. WSDI, WSDI in Chicago with Steve Benz is a great guy. Check his uh, website out. Check out Rant Radio Network. The three, three guys down there are great. Go to... All Radio X with Brody James. I'm on their show, and they have some great shows there. Also, Wildfire Radio and the 405media.com, all playing great shows. And then a project I just did that I want you to check out. I go to my new website, Stop 
thesalt.com. It's my, uh, I wrote a cookbook about when I had health problems and I had to eat a low sodium diet and it's basically called Stop the Salt, uh, low sodium cooking for one without killing yourself. You can buy it on Amazon or you can buy it on stopthesalt.com. It's $9.99 plus shipping. It's 120 recipes. They're just really good, easy to make. It's good for guys who don't know how to cook. I explain it basically. I say, here's, you follow the directions and if you can't do that, you shouldn't be cooking. It's basic stuff, but it's good for you. And you know what? I will even sign it. So go to stopthesalt.com. I will sign it. Or you can go to Amazon and get it. And Friday night, I'm doing comedy. I haven't done it for all, for, God, six months. I'll be at the uh, Capri. Telling, I'll probably be telling stories. So come to the Capri down there in uh, Eagle Rock. It's on uh, Eagle Rock Avenue. And it's a great little Italian restaurant. So get dinner first. So that's about it. Follow me at Cooper Talk. Go to stopthesalt.com. Check out Wade Williams on uh, IMDb and check out some of his work. And that's it. Uh, have a great day. I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guests. Don't forget, drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful weekend.